This episode of the Insurance Coffee House is sponsored by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies and brokers in the UK and across the United States. Visit insurance-search.com for more details. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and learn from some of the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. I'm Nick Hoadley, and each week you can join me as I interview leading InsureTech executives from around the world. We will be learning about the different InsureTech technologies and finding out how they can be a benefit to both insurance brokers and carriers when it comes to delivering for your customers. We'll also be learning about the different career opportunities available to insurance leaders within the InsureTech space and what benefits that can give to your career. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Oded Barak, who is the CEO and co-founder of Five Sigma. Five Sigma are a claims management insured tech based in Israel, and it's a pleasure to have Oded joining us on the show today. Welcome to the show, Oded. Thank you, Nick. Great being here, and thank you for, uh, for hosting me. Absolute pleasure, Oded. Really looking forward to hearing more about Five Sigma. Before we get on to that, Oded, would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit more about your background, your previous career before you started the business? Okay, um, let's see. Quite light. After eight years in the uh, in the military service, additional five years working for the government, I decided to grow up and do something uh, serious. And uh, I ended up being in a startup. This was in uh, the 2000.com kind of uh, age, right? So startup was like popping all over. I was in a pattern recognition kind of imaging uh, uh, technology company, moved to the States and headed the uh, US office, then ended up you know, doing my, my MBA in the States and uh, basically going from there to uh, becoming an investment banker at uh, Goldman in New York at the technology media and telecom group. From Goldman, I moved back to Israel and headed the uh, basically Corp Dev M&A group. At, at the time, it was about $9, $10 billion company called Amdocs, basically running the non-organic strategy execution M&A. Then was a CFO in London in the energy sector, very far away from tech, but very close to, uh, to the world of insurance. And uh, I was basically the uh, CFO of the uh, holding company. I moved to the UK and then came back to Israel and decided I do, do want to do something on my own, something for myself. I'm basically uh, um, founding a company. I had the privilege to meet my co-founders, uh, Dror and, uh, and Misha, uh, and to found uh, Five Sigma. Awesome. Awesome. Really interesting background. Obviously, your time in the military and also, you know, working at a company like Goldman Sachs, very demanding environments. Do you think that helped you as you've built the company and started the business? I think, uh, you know, demanding is a very relative definition, Nick, as you can imagine, right? Uh, you always think you kind of, whatever you do is, you know, demanding all of your time. And I think it's it's really about personality. I mean, whatever you do, how you do what you do, then you basically apply how demanding it is. Each one has his own standard, but definitely, uh, you know, those, and I think, you know, obviously military years and and, and later build the foundation of understanding the uh you got 24 hours the more you do in those 24 hours you know and that kind of grows is accumulatively to be able to build the delta over your competitors so you basically learn how to sleep faster 
yeah. uh, and squeeze more in a day. And I think all of those uh, times, obviously, both in the military and the Goldman and, and the like, uh, gave me that. I think you know, but it's really if you have it or not, right? In you, um, absolutely. Basically, yeah. I, I would say the ability to look at the tough times and not be puzzled by that, and stay focused on the on the mission, stay focused on the long term. I think those are the key. I would say building blocks of career foundation. I know business is, is flying at the moment. I know you're a very busy man. What we're in the insurance coffee house this morning. What's your what's your go-to coffee of choice that gets you set wow. up for that fast <laughs> and busy day? Coffee of choice. It changes uh, with time and with age, as you can imagine. Uh, you know, today it's really kind of a, a small black coffee. You know, local uh, Israeli one, and basically just to keep getting me into the uh, morning running routine. Later on, I will go with the latte. Yeah, nice. Yeah, ease back down with a with, with a nice latte. Ed, thank you for that. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about Five Sigma. Would you mind starting off by giving us an overview, a snapshot of the business, where it is in the present day? Awesome. So, as as you stated at the beginning, Five Sigma is an insurtech, basically a data driven SaaS and a cloud native claims management system a platform. You know, end to end for insurer companies. You know, it could be different type of insurer companies that basically need to resolve claims. I mean, you think about insurance, the essence of what they do from a consumer perspective is to be able to handle claims. In my view, philosophically, this is really the moment of truth for the uh, where the insurer deliver on its promise to policyholders. And uh, I would basically categorize it or define it as well as uh, the singular opportunity to turn your customer crisis moment to a customer loyalty one. The thing is that uh, many insurers today steal this opportunity, right? And the reason is really being capped by both tools and the misuse of technology and data to be able to then, you know, optimize and improve decision-making processes, communicate well and serve customers well, as well as uh, basically improving and optimizing the overall, what we call claim lifecycle. I think that's part, you know, if, I, if I'm looking at the one part of it is really the customer experience side, the other side of it, or more, more dimensions to it is obviously efficiencies and effectiveness, you know, which would lead to eventually what you call claims leakage. I mean, you need to understand that today from a combined ratio, which is really the amount of expenses associated with the claim operations compared to the premium generated, uh, about 70%, uh, you know, in a rough number goes capital payout goes to the claims between resolving an indemnity payment, you know, and yet is really being managed really poorly. So both from a financial perspective and a customer experience here and me perspective, this is a major uh, key point. And so to close that gap, this supply demand gap, we, we thought that, you know, we can actually come with a set of tools and apply the data that we have to really kind of bridge that gap, close it and provide an outstanding, you know, next gen uh, claims resolution platforms. What we do, we serve today, uh, you know, and growing in the mid-teens in terms of customers, mainly in the US and in the UK today. We have another one uh, in in uh, in, uh, in Europe, outside of the UK, and growing and growing the numbers. And we do between quite, I would say, quite wide range of, uh, of line of business. We serve property and casualty. So we do really property, home and auto, we do various uh, specialty. We do, I, I call it everything from pet to jet. Uh, you know, if you're high net worth and you want to, you have your jet and then, you know, you've got your pet and, and everything in between. And we do cyber and we do commercial general liability and workers' compensation. 
So very deep in terms of the uh, workflow perspective, what we provide functionality-wise, and quite wide in terms of uh, line of business coverage. So working with a lot of those uh, PNC providers in the US and, and UK at the moment and, and, and expanding that across different lines, how does the technology work itself? How have you, have you built, how have you developed that technology over the years? So this is really, I think, you know, when you when you go in, in what the other, um, I would say, domains and sector process of transformation went through is the first thing is obviously knowing that you're a cloud native and true SaaS company. So you're building it from the ground up towards that. The second is really how do you build this? And since the, the, the premise of what we do is the ability to provide a, a full visibility in what's happening all the time on all pieces of the workflow. And then being able, because that's the only way to enable you to optimize continuously. So everything needs to be really with data in mind and data driven in mind. And so, so that would be the, the foundation of what, what we build. And all the workflow, what you see is basically a representation of the data we uh, collect. And so, you know, we build a very sophisticated uh, uh, system, you know, from, uh, from an algorithmic perspective with various features that basically bring workflow to the you know, call it to a frictionless as possible, as intuitive and user-friendly as possible for the adjuster, who is the quarterback of the entire process. We put a lot of emphasis in, on one hand, to be able to basically go live for our insurers in a matter of weeks. And on the other side, the user can either train, you know, within a day, basically being able to be a very well-functional uh, adjuster, because it's very simple, very intuitive. And to simplify something very complex, it's not easy. And I think that's uh, one of the, the key things. And then being able to then leverage data to do various things, both optimization on the operational side, understanding what's happening operationally, and then being able to detect various things on your portfolio strategically. And we have, I think, you know, I would say, you know, the top talent, really top-notch talent on the tech side, as well as the domain expertise. And we marry those to create the symbiotic uh, capability to transfer concepts into code really, really fast. And in terms of the benefits for your customers, so for the for the carriers as a whole, but also for the individual users, the people who are actually hands-on using the technology, what are the benefits for both of those? So there's two there's two elements here. One is the adjuster is the user, right? The adjuster is managing them, he's the user of the system. Obviously, the company is enjoying it, but then the user needs to finally have a system that works for him versus him working for the system. And I think, you know, traditionally all systems were really kind of focused on, or designed not with a customer in mind, but more with a compliance in mind. And I think we're going to change that. And when you change that and you put the customer and obviously the not managing the adjuster, but enabling the adjuster then the adjuster serve the consumer better, right? He communicates better. He's focusing on making decisions. The system helping him make decisions and everything is compressed, we're active. And so you and me as, as policyholders, then God forbid, we need to submit a claim. You know, it's being handled faster, more accurately, you know, with less task, you know, burden on you, on your end and, and more being done for you by the system. So it benefits the policyholder as well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah which in then, turn then leads to benefits for the carrier. Exactly. So you talk about, for obviously, retention versus uh, customer acquisition. You know, I always say, you know, when you build that, we talked about the, the claim as, as opportunity to build, to build loyalty, which obviously then build trust leads to retention, leads to reputation. From management perspective, obviously, we, we, we provide those building the system, you know, call it the dashboard and reportings and capabilities that allows them to see 
performance, basically KPIs in real time. So they can actually see what's happening under the hood in terms of performance and then make better decisions on how to optimize what needs fixing and, and whatnot. So I think part of it is how do you always, always progress, you know, not being static with your performance. Yeah, fantastic. I think as well, I mean, speaking from a talent perspective, when those businesses do have best tools to do your job, to do your skill, that helps those businesses as well, attract the top talent, which just leads to a high, higher performance for those businesses and then a better end result as well for those, yeah. for those customers. So, yep, 100%. Really important. Oded, as, as you've grown, as you, as you continue to grow, what's been the biggest challenge that you've experienced so far in growing out this business? I think uh, transformation from a chaotic startup, and I would even say it's a startup that doesn't, you know, we do not just to provide, there's not about a point solution, you know, a very surgical solution to a, to a big problem. We actually took a wide, heavy solution end-to-end into a very big problem in a very traditional sector to begin with, risk-averse, right, which... If and we talked about the number 70-ish percent of their numbers in the front end when it comes to customer, who's gonna actually trust you? You know, still, I mean it's one that you actually can, you know, you really have a great system that works and is compliant, but then the ability to deliver deliver that system to bring it to basically be functional and work with all integration. I think that's the biggest challenge to basically, you know, prove and inspire confidence that we can deliver for such a startup company to break into the the, the chasm. And then I think from my perspective, from a management perspective, is really the ability to move from a chaos, from a startup, you know, for eight people for a few years to, you know, growing a company of, you know, 50 and more and growing and 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 starting to put more kind of uh, processes in place and, you know, basically grow to scale, uh, you know, yeah. manage a company to scale. I think that's the transformation. You bring more people, different people, different skill sets, mashing it all together and then uh, harmonizing everybody. That's a that's a fascinating uh, challenge. Yeah, and I'm sure there's probably a snowball effect where the more customers, the more clients that you have on board, the more test cases, the more success that you're seeing. Then you bring in more clients, and as you then scale and scale again, you keep bringing in more and more and more. And yeah, completely different challenge from that outset of trying to get in that door. I imagine exactly. And I think you know part of what we saw is you know we we managed to run really fast. You know, it took us a while to break into two, three customers, and then we had like a you know sharp growth in terms of signing customers. But we didn't build the delivery team fast enough to be able to deliver as such, you know, and the product at the time, you know, you need to build the product to be able to accommodate that kind of level of scale. I think it takes time and those things take time. So, so I think that challenge, we, you know, we're not closing that gap, but, you know, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun and exciting times ahead. Brings us nicely onto the espresso round, Oded, where the questions are short, sharp, and straight to the point. You know, you've, you've had your, your short black coffee there. You ready for the espresso round? <laughs> Go. The espresso round. Oded, how many people are you looking to grow the business by over the next 12 months? You know, I would say we're looking to double on the number. And, you know, if I want to kind of a quadruple, uh, in terms of performance, I want to double the the, the team, mainly, you know, uh, in areas of uh, obviously in sales and uh, land grab. Though, as you can imagine, in today's environment, when the market is going into what I would call somewhat of a you know potential recession, optimization of the budget or downside protection is something that we need to look for. So I'm looking at more, you know, what is the, uh, you know, what is the key 
folks that I'm going to hire, you know, the timing of it as well, based on performance. And, you know, we are cautious. That is such a tricky balance to make as your business is really taking off. The economics out there are looking more unstable. It's really, really balancing and navigating that, I'm sure, is a, right. a real a real challenge. What What are the cultures? What are the values that you're looking to build there as a business, as a, as a team there at Five Sigma? Well, I think at the end of the day, you want a very highly driven individuals, hungry, I would call it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about the foundation of uh, being a hard worker. And for me, it's a hard and a smart worker, right? You want people to work hard, but you want them to be smart about what they do and, and not working hard on the wrong things. People that actually, and I'm saying, you know, obviously, uh, obsession to details. I'm against obsession of, of you know, anything, but the, but details is something, you know, it's all comes down to the details and obviously high integrity, but, uh, you know, and, and team team performance, you know, nobody is doing anything by himself or herself. Mm-hmm. It's really about, about our ability to work together in, in, a, in, a, in an environment of, of a team, be part of it, contribute, care about the others, always ask, how can I help the other person? How can I help them to help me mm-hmm. create that kind of a... Uh, kind of environment that is certainly something it it really resonates that that that's something that you live and breathe yourself so i'm sure that filters through to the team but as you look to grow and you grow internationally into some of those different markets and with with people working remotely is that going to be the bit a challenge for you to to keep that culture whilst people are based in different remote locations i think it's a it's a it's a great question i think you know this is obviously a global phenomenon it's all the companies are, are you know being challenged by the same thing. Uh, you know we saw the we saw this challenge when an Israeli company and a U.S. company, and we you know things are now dramatically different. Uh, you know and we create this uh, you know company meetings periodically. We bring people into Israel. We fly to see them. And actually you know with today environment uh, you know remote management uh, it's much 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 more easy than uh, easier than uh, than years ago, right? People feel more in part of the company meetings on a weekly basis and a monthly basis and whatnot. Uh, but it's definitely, uh, you know, it's definitely something to uh, that you got to focus on from the from the get go. You cannot remember all of a sudden that you need to take care of your team overseas. You need to engineer the process and engineer the onboarding. And you start from, you know, when I say onboarding of a new employee, start from the recruitment uh, process. You know, from the first interview. And then you can build it further, but I think it needs to be engineered into the uh, HR and entire company's uh, human capital process. Yeah, really important to get that nailed from the start with that, bringing in the right people. And w- what are some of the opportunities there? We talk about some of those challenges. What are the opportunities of building a, a remote team? Well, first of all, you know, you got to expand globally. You got to have local and boots on the ground. You got to have that. You know, we, we look at uh, both folks that can deliver in various places. Still, you know, we have partnerships and work with the local SIs, the system integrators, but, you know, we, we want our own team to be able to uh, do a lot of things on our own. So delivery folks and the experts in the domain-specific markets, you know, the U.S. is very different than U.K., there are places in Europe and Asia, and you can imagine. Uh, and obviously sales uh, folks as well, um, you know, to go and execute boots on the ground. And every time, you know, I'm saying every, every area, we don't have few people, we, we just basically lose opportunities. Those are, you know, both on the sell side and, and, and delivery sides, uh, you know, experts in the claim domain uh, and solution expert experts to help, you know, being part of the delivery customer business group, as I call it. That's what we're looking for. Brings me nicely onto my next question, actually. And as you mentioned it earlier, you've got, got a really top 
a high quality team on, on the technology side of things. I think most of that team's based in Israel. But married that up with the, the sort of the industry experts, with those claims experts, insurance experts. What value can those people with uh, career backgrounds in those sectors bring to your business? That's the foundation. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't believe in uh, just a bunch of uh, technologists coming and saying, you know, we're going to disrupt or enable the market. You know, we are, we know it all. No, you don't. <laughs> you know it all and what you need to, uh, your ability to code things, but you need the foundation, the knowledge to tailor a solution. You know, a good solution is something really that creates impact and the value for your customer. Uh, you need the market expertise to be able to, you know, to, to help define that. Uh, and that's what we did. I mean, for day one, we took, uh, you know, I have a um, domain and claims executive experts, you know, folks who actually been adjusters on the ground, you know, from the ground up and then grew through a career and in the processes, use the system. They know the deficiencies. They know the problem. They can understand the adoption. And what is the 80-20 rule to actually solve those screens, right? So for me, this is, uh, the, the, I call it a symbiotic relationship. It has to be such. We cannot work in silos. Absolutely. Absolutely. And final question of the espresso round. If there are any InsurTech leaders, founders out there at the moment who they're maybe in that startup phase at the moment, they're now looking to scale, what infrastructure, what foundations would you say need to be in place in order to, to scale quickly and to scale successfully? Yeah. You know, the word quickly in the insurance market is, <laughs> again, relative. You know, obviously, sales cycles are on the B2B side. Again, it's very different if you are, and we're a B2B company, right? We sell to insurers, uh, into enterprise. Uh, it's not like the distribution folks. I believe building uh, the team to be able to execute really quickly, tackle the market, approach. You know, you got to have boots in the ground. You got to approach people. You got to have a lot of conversation. You got to build relationship. And you got to be able to have, you know, to, to turn uh, and to change quickly get feedback and be able to change really, really uh, fast. Because many things you, you you might plan and so on and company and the market gives you a, 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 you know, show you a little bit of feedback, which shows you a little bit different direction. You got to be able to adopt uh, very quickly. So that means one, people, second processes and, and, and systems in place that can allow you to do that. That's how you can grow really, really quickly. Um, and, you know, the rest is just uh, think about the long term. Again, as I said, things in this industry and decision making uh, might take uh, more than uh, three, four, five months. And build uh, expectation and your model and everything accordingly. Perfect. Thank you, Oded. Really appreciate that. Almost at the end of our time today, time has certainly flown quickly. But before we leave, though, do you have one piece of closing advice? I'd like to get your advice for anyone maybe who's a claims executive, a claims leader who maybe works at a carrier or a traditional insurance business, but maybe if they, they've got that itch, they're looking to join a tech-enabled business like yourselves, what advice would you give someone who's sort of thinking about making that transition? And if I may, yeah, would you mind sharing out your, your contact details for anyone who wants to reach out with you after the yeah, show? Yeah, 100%. So first of all, I would say folks who are actually thinking about uh, moving from the traditional side to the insure tech side, you guys are bringing it tremendous amount of assets and power with your knowledge uh, into any insure tech insurance company. You know, I see at times folks coming apologetically, <laughs> you know, into insure techs because everything is, yeah. is, is the folks who are actually everybody's tech and everybody talks about machine learning and AI and all this kind of what I call buzzwords and, you know, blockchain. The foundation is your knowledge, mm. right? 
there's tons of tech tools to apply that knowledge to create value and change. So I think you got so two things. One, to be able to actually understand the changes that the market needs, that you guys, the industry needs. You know, I always think about always, is there a gap? Is there a supply demand gap? And how, you know, what needs to actually happen to close that gap? Everything else is tools to apply that. So you can guys help other people. The technologies will, you know, design the tools to make it happen, to create the value. But the value is is is, is there in, 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 in the domains, uh, domains expert, experts' uh, mind and knowledge. So I think that's, you know, come with that kind of a demeanor and be ready for move uh, pace from slow on, you know, call it more, I would say high visibility and things are kind of a, you know, on a normalized basis, pretty slow pace to something which is a bit more chaotic. Uh, people try, there's a trial and error, you know, not everything is organized and in and, and, and high pace mode. I think that's the, uh, that's the mindset that needs to, to, to change. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I think that mindset about not being apologetic, I think actually a lot of people in the industry, and I think people are a little bit reserved, they're, they're a bit afraid of the unknown puts them on the back foot but really that expertise that wealth of knowledge that they have and that high high performance insurance industry uh practice that they have is is truly valuable to, to an insure tech and um you know i think it's great that you've reminded us of that so so thank you odin odin if we do have any listeners who'd, who'd like to reach out to you directly maybe ask your advice or are thinking about that move what, what's the best way to reach out to you Happy, happy to. My email is uh, best way, right? It's uh, Oded, which is O-D-E-D, at Five Sigma Labs, F-I-V-E-S-I-G-M-A, labs, L-A-B-S, dot com. Happy to uh, to uh, answer any questions you guys have. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be, we'll be sure to post that on the show notes. So anyone listening now can just click straight through and can reach out to you with a message. That'd be great. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been really, really fascinating to hear about your career, to hear about what you're doing there at Five Sigma. It sounds like a really, really interesting journey and I think exciting times ahead. It'd be great to have you back on the show, maybe in 12 months, maybe in 18 months, see how things go. And I think it's really, really exciting to see where that business will be then. Awesome. Nick, really appreciate the time and uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, to follow up in the future. Thanks very much, Oded. And to all the InsureTech leaders, insurance leaders uh, listening today, wherever you are around the world, we thank you for tuning in. And I'm sure you would have gained a lot of valuable insights and learnings from what Oded's had to say today. If you did enjoy the show, please remember to download and subscribe to the pod to receive each one of our episodes directly into your app each week. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, I'd like to learn more about the competitive advantage that podcasts can give to your business when attracting talent. Please reach out to us at insurance-search.com or drop us a message on LinkedIn. Until next time, I've been Nick Codley. This has been the Insurance Coffee House Global InsureTech Series. Take care. You've been listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time to hear more insights and inspiring success stories to help you become a better insurance business leader. Available to download or subscribe now.